confusing everyone. Um, I'm talking very quietly because I'm on a bus and I don't want to disturb anyone. But uh, everyone's commuting because it's actually quite AM, even though you're watching this in the PM. Um, I'm on my way to another thing. That's right, it's a pre-record. Uh, working my way past um, what was once a great campus, Love Walk. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Um, or at least it was. I've gone down a little bit as it got busy, but uh, still, still a good brunch. Anyway, I digress. Um, where am I off to? Let's continue to trace my journey across London. Yes, uh, this video not sponsored by Love Walk. Um, yeah, this is this video is a, a year later, uh, exactly a year after I recorded it. Uh, partly because I was expecting there to be um, some other television program coming out to accompany it uh, a, a few months ago, and that that hasn't happened yet. Ruddy BBC. Anyway, um, uh, the main thing is um, we're filming this because I, I quite enjoy the anticipation of a journey. So I hope you don't mind the self-indulgence of of taking you along with me on this little adventure from South London through Elephant and Castle, oh look, it's, it's the elephant, it's the big hole that they've been digging, or were digging a year ago, in fact, that's where the station, into the station, and where the mall used to be, and all the tenants that are never going to be able to afford to be in the gentrified new one, anyway, oh, down, down, down in the tube, down in the Bakerloo, which is, which is nice, um, uh, yeah, there we are, tube time. Oh look, I'm, uh, I'm inside a, a tube train, <laughs> they're quite snazzy, the old Bakerloo trains, they might be old and knackered, but I think they are quite... Kind of nice retro vibes. Anyway, yeah, uh, from a bus to a tube inside a tunnel, which is possibly relevant to what we're going to be doing later on. Whoa. Ah, right, anyway, up to Marylebone. Yes, I think I'm so clever with my teasers, but actually you know what's going on because it's literally in the title of the episode. But anyway, on the train, heading northwards on the Chiltern Line. Oh, and what's quite good about this is, is partly that you get this fantastic uh, run along the Metropolitan and some of these fantastic stations on the Metropolitan, like this Space Age station, but also you get to see how busy a corridor this is, and the reason why HS2 is so expensive, because it cannot use, there is no existing railway corridor that the, that the trains could use sensibly to get into London. Uh, and in fact, you start seeing some of that physical work, you start seeing the HS2 route along the, the Chiltern line. Uh, you can see all the physical work going on here, um, as the line pops out of, the, of one of the tunnels and, and kind of runs alongside the line. So you have a fantastic view. Travellers have a fantastic view of the um, of the construction of HS2 along here. You can see where one of the bridges will be. You can see the the caissons there, where the, the piling will be for the supports. And then there's another bridge go back. Yeah, look, here are some tea veg works. And there's another bridge just cross over, and HS2 is the other side of that. It's all very exciting. Um, uh, oh yeah, it's oh I think I think that's a local hall, Chilton Railway Service. Uh, here's the M25. Um, yes, making good progress. We journey northwards. Uh, yeah, as I say, I, I know this is a self-indulgence, and I know that I do this and, and bring you along on my journeys at the, at the intros to our videos, but I quite enjoy the anticipation of a rail journey to do a thing, so I, I'm trying to vaguely emulate that. Uh, let's see uh, how that emulation goes. So I just hopped off a train, uh, and uh, I happen to be in a place called Leamington Spa. There it is. Uh, now, why might that be, I wonder? Well. Well, this is a very nice station, I like this. It's a mixture of concrete and, and all sorts of things. And in fact, this if I go over here and spin this way, there's all this, these features here. It's quite nice, this Leamington Spa station thing. It's quite good. Also behind me is, I'm not going to show him because it's over there. There's, there's a Jeff over there, which we might, we might see Jeff later. Anyway, it's all very, that's, our train is just, it's, it's the haggard looking 168 disappearing off into the distance. Poor thing. Anyway, right, it's, uh, it's time to go find a minibus, I think. 
Uh, let's do it. Anyway, right. Uh, let's continue this strange adventure. I've just shown you some B-roll, probably, of train journeys across across some nice... Uh, basically, it's just like the extended London suburbs that, that extend pretty much all the way to Birmingham. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go and put my ticket through the machine. Let's see what happens. So yes, our planes, trains and automobiles adventure continues. As you see here, uh, me sat next to Ben uh, and indeed in a vehicle with Paul Bigland and Jeff Marshall and all sorts of other people. Um, anyway, yes, so the, as, as you get closer to, to our destination, the scale of works grows. You can see kind of the line of route of, of HS2 starting to really be well-defined. Um, enormous amounts of physical work happening. And this was a year ago, so more has happened since. And, and, and much like my rail journey, the sense of anticipation is really building. Yes, we've got the frustrations of bad decisions being made on sections being cut away, but actually, I, I honestly do get a fantastically powerful sense of anticipation and excitement about this new bit of railway being built. You know, the scale of works is absolutely spectacular. The engineers, you know, thousands of engineers, apprentices, senior engineers, you know, graduates, all of the people supporting them to make this project happen is, is really pretty inspiring stuff. And, um, and and nowhere kind of really typifies this than some of the some of the kind of heavy civil engineering sites uh, of which one we're going to be visiting today. So after all that fun, we're up to shenanigans, but you don't know what those shenanigans are because um, we're going to show you momentarily. Um, and Jeff is here next to me, and together we're going to just welcome you to um, to, to tonight's rail. Welcome, welcome to tonight's to rail, rail Matter. Matter. Here we go. Here we go. City 225 fades away. Uh, here we are, we're plodding through the site actually on our way down to, on our way, we've just gone past a lot of segments and so there's a bit of chat we'll have with uh, Axel talking through the, uh, through exactly what happens, we're just about to go through, about to go through the gate in fact. I've got my pass, I'm going to go through now. Yes, because we'd just been in the office to do our signings, so, uh, you know, uh, also took the chance to uh, sneak a look through into the um, rather unused laundry room at this point. Got our PPE, of course, um, filled in the tunnel visitor's induction record to make sure we were all safely signed in properly, uh, went to the loo, washed our hands, had a look at the board talking about National Inclusion Week, saw how international the team is, and then got very excited at the TBM control room um, in behind this door. Anyway. What was I saying? Yes, uh, we're here at the, we're at the north portal of, um, of Long Itchington's uh, Wood Tunnel, uh, which I may well have said uh, a minute ago. Um, last time we did this, we were at the south portal of the Chilton Tunnel, um, or the pair of tunnels. That was 16 kilometers, this is um, shorter. <laughs> it's about a mile, I think, about 1.6 kilometers. Um, specifically to go underneath the Triple SI. Triple uh, SI in ancient woodland. Uh, you know, you often hear me talking about, just make sure we're being nice and safe. There's Jeff filming me. Uh, you hear me talking about um, the fact that ancient woodland is a fairly useless uh, habitat designation, um, unless it's paired with other uh, specifics like either an SAC or a triple SI. Well, this is an example of being a, a triple SI and HS2 is building one mile of tunnel to avoid impacting on it. So all this effort, all this you can see here, there's Jeff behind me, all this effort behind, you can see all this work is for one mile, well, actually two miles of tunnel because it's two single bore tunnels of a mile each. Actually over here, 
can see the, there it is, there's the portal uh, with one hole. I'm going to open this gate very carefully. And I'm filming now to give you an idea of the scale. You can see how much is going on here. I'm not going to repeat what I said. I'll try and avoid repeating what I said last time. Uh, this might end up being a, a, a nippier video. We'll see. It never is, is it? I try and I always fail. But um, so you, all of the, so, so I'm going to try and avoid saying the stuff I said before, but I might refer back to bits of that. So if you haven't already, then do go back and watch that um, reasonably long video uh, down at um, Chalfont St. Peter, I think, isn't it? That's near where it is. We're near Southam here, I think. Um, as you can see, look down here, there is a safe walking route. Um, you can see we've got barriers protected here. Um, making sure that we're not getting in the way of the vehicles. You can see a variety of multi-purpose vehicles and specialist vehicles all um, for making their way into taking people safely in equipment and materials and all sorts of different bits and pieces. And the rings, of course, uh, or the segments for the rings. Um, all those pieces, taking them into the, uh, into the tunnel. This one's got, this one's looking quite clean, far too clean, in fact. Uh, you want me to play a little bit this? Yeah, go for it. Let's... Okay. So this is the tank we use for grout. The small tank is a sodium silicate, a crane for reparation works or anything we have to do in the tunnel. And you can see the two cabins, one on the front and one on the back. They are foldable. So the truck goes into the tunnel and when they discharge all the equipment, it goes back. The driver just goes into the other cabin and comes back to the, to the charging area. <laughs> we're, double, we're walking. Double video yeah, camera. Double video moment. camera action with the two of us are uh, filming simultaneously. And will this make it into the edit? It'll make into it into the tight edit of Jess. I, I just want to know why did I get a blue helmet and you got a pink one? Is it's the uh, only, yeah, well, all of YouTube is screaming right now. <laughs> I have no answer to that. Why? I have no no answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to spin round actually and give you an idea of scale. So you can see if I look there, you can see. It's just a road essentially going in now, just a, a marked tarmac road. Quite different way, the launch platform is quite different here, you can see. Partly because Dorothy is quite a long, named for uh, Dorothy Hodgkin, uh, the Britain's first woman Nobel Prize laureate. Dorothy is well into the tunnel, uh, making decent progress. I think it was uh, actually broken down right now because of a block in the slurry pipe. It's just standard, nothing to worry about, that happens with these things. Um, it's a bit like, like running a, a tunnel boring machine, it's a bit like uh, it's a bit like Apollo 13 where they dump all the stuff, the junk on the table and try and work out how to get the square air filter and the round air filter to fit into each other. Well, running a machine like this, you can plan huge amounts of planning and preparation, but actually things go wrong, you have to improvise. Um, that's a good example. But anyway, yeah, making its way, decent pace, um, making its way through underneath the woodland. You can see one, one comment here, you can see how tightly the, the, the tunnel is uh, nested up against the, the ancient woodland. So there is still going to be some impact, you know, there is clearly some impact, noise, disturbance to the, to the habitat here, but uh, by avoiding bulldozing straight through it, uh, the impact should be limited and, and, and this tunnel, once it's running, the tunnel will mean a bit less noise, a general improvement over if they just bulldoze through it. So the, the, the triple SI remains. Actually, there are other triple SIs along the route, not very many that get impacted, but the other one, a multi, look behind us here, there we are, a multi hundred million pound bat structure is being built at the other triple SI down towards Culvert. So um, anyone who suggests hey, just is bulldozing its way through uh, the environment without paying any attention to it, just doesn't know what they're talking about. These, I presume, are the 
as I'm stood on here, I'm stood on it, are uh, slurry pipelines working their way, feeding slurry back and forth, um, well, slurry out and uh, possibly then a bentonite mixture kind of in uh, as part of the, of the, of the process of washing out, what's digging. A, sorry, Gareth, I'm going to interrupt. Go for it. What's a slurry pipeline? Oh, so the material getting dug out, gets a good chunk of it, is getting sent through these pipes as slurry, having been mixed with uh, kind of fluid to make it more easily transportable, and then it goes out to a slurry treatment plant. Hello, everyone, in this video and on Jeff's video. Slurry treatment plant, which Axel's going to talk to us about, which is back over there in a building that we kind of saw earlier. Um, and in fact, we saw it at, uh, at Chiltern Tunnel as well. You could see the, the, the slurry treatment plant too. There, everyone. I didn't look at you, I looked at Jeff, but his videos are more edited than mine. You don't really care. Okay. So, as you say, the pipe for the slurry treatment plant, there. This is the compressors, the substation. So, we get here with 22,000 volts, wow. and we go down to 11, which is the consumption of the machine. We have the compressors to supply the machine with a compressor for the hyperbaric interventions and for any machine. And the cooling plant for the machine was also like cooling the, the cooling inside cooling system of the machine. It gets cooled here. So you think all this infrastructure again, temporary? It's all temporary works. Ah, oh, yeah, you can see the power cables. This thing is powered on the good, the good, the good juice. Again, making the point that actually that electricity can be sourced from renewable sources. You know, this, increasingly you're seeing construction sites moving away from using kind of uh, diesel in powering their kit. Um, whether this is actually here, this it might be coming from a diesel generator, I don't know, but this is actually, this is probably the pumps. But you can see the potential for, um, oh look at these, there's pumps here behind. Yeah. Heron Connect, by the way, manufacturer of the TBM machine, same as at Chilton Tunnels. Uh, there's a model that I think we've, I've, I'll, I will put up later, but actually, to be honest, it's the same as the previous, um, same as the previous tunnel boring machine. The difference here is in the, it's a bit wet underfoot, by the way, the difference here is the diameter of the tunnel. So I believe the diameter of these tunnels is 10 meters, 10 meters. Chilton tunnel is 11.2. Someone will correct me on that if I've got it wrong, but I think there's, a, there's an ever so slight difference, which I don't know exactly why that is. I think it might be aerodynamics. It might be to do with pumping out, you know, the, the, the uh, pressure action through. It has through. to do with the pressure of the train. And, uh, and of course the length of the tunnel. So it's a shorter tunnel, very short, you know, it's a mile long tunnel, you don't get the hammer effect that you do through a 10 mile tunnel, so it doesn't need to be as, as wide a diameter tunnel because the aerodynamic effects as the train hammers through are, are less. There's no shaft, you know, there's no intermediate shaft here either, of course, the, 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 the tunnel doesn't need it, it's short enough, and that would defeat the object. Look, I'm scanning through, here we are. I'm actually filming as I go through as well. Oh, look at this, it's fine. Um, there is a minimum that we call the dynamic envelope. Yes. We're talking about we're talking about gauging gauge clearance analysis. My speciality there. So I'm going to pause again because this is a bit where we need to get a tag. There's a tally. Looks there's a tally system here, and, and, and basically it's tag in, tag out system. Anyone who worked in a depot, it's not dissimilar. So here we go. I'm just going to close that door. Lovely. And we're making our way in. So you can see, all, I mean, this, we're now in what is clearly a much more intensive working uh, area. Here we go. I've got myself rescuer here, which is a, uh, if I apply it and pull the thing out, it'll start pumping oxygen into my face if I need to. So if something goes wrong, um, I'm here, I've got myself rescuer, uh, which I apply, put goggles on and so on. You can see some civil, engineer, some civil engineering going on here um, as part of what will be, I presume actually, as part of the construction of the, 
of the actual um, portal itself, which won't just be a hole. It won't just be a flat hole. There will be an extension of the of the structure out from the from the tunnel portal. Three points of contact. There we are. Um, uh, in order to allow me to film, I have to be very careful. Um, the reason I'm filming this whole bit is to give you an idea of scale. Let's give you an idea of scale. We've got Axel, Axel behind us here explaining so some things. Space from the slurry, yeah. The base from the water and the compressor. Okay. okay. Right. And actually behind, you can see the scale there. There is a hole. It's a slightly smaller hole than the Chilton Tunnels, as I said a second ago. You can see the earthwork behind, nicely graded, lovely, same on the other side. But actually you can see slightly treated and then there's, there's shotcrete that's been sprayed as a, as a protector behind. That'll then get built up again. Uh, when they actually build the portal out, that'll be built up, there'll be landscaping and then obviously the structure of the portal itself. Um, so here is the fan above us. I'm not going to do Jeff's joke. It's working. We an answer because of the neighborhood and environment. But it's working. It will produce fresh air to the top, to the bottom of the TVN, and that air will push all the dust outside. So we make like a circuit, pushing fresh air up to the bottom of the space. So that sounds like it's a. So rather than there being an active suction at the other end, it's just a pressure thing where the fresh air has been pushed in. So there's not an extractor pulling all the stuff out, it's just fresh air being pushed in and then it's a short enough tunnel that the, the mucky stuff is just going to naturally get pushed out um, behind. I'm going to hold on, this we're climbing up. And here we are inside the tunnel. You can see the, look at this, look at the scale of it, it's, it's huge. We've got the, the um, it's not really extraction, it's the pump that's pumping fresh air in above our, above our head. And you can see the back end of Dorothy, the TBM. I'm getting in Paul's way now. Lots of isolation points. So I have 22 positions for the keystones. Playing with those 22 positions, I can go up, down, left, right, slightly to the left, slightly to the right. So the machine is doing the tunnel. And the segments are following the machine. So what we do as we do the tunnel, we put the keystone in a place that is suitable to follow the machine. Right? Yeah. You can do as the So unlike Chilton, the Chilton tunnels, um, that adjustment is actually made in the play within the gasket and the and the tolerances in the connection between the um, uh, we're working our way into the machine now. It's very exciting. Where is that? Very exciting indeed. There we go. We are now in in the TBM, in the machine itself. So sorry, Chilton Tunnel the play is within the, the, the tolerance in the rings. In this one, it's that there is a, a natural taper of the segment. A safety notice to our listeners. This segment was recorded inside a working tunnel boring machine and therefore is going to be loud. Close the valve just behind. We will desperate the pipe and the whole system will go again. Okay. And then we start the pipe with this line there. And we start again. Okay. So every 12 rings, we have to install a new, a couple of new pipes that are ready going there. That's one system. The ventilation cassette you can see over there, it's all in a cassette. And as we advance, it goes steady. Yep. So after a few times, we take the cassette down and we get a new cassette. Just go past the toilet there. It's uh, very nice. Um, just explaining uh, about the... Yeah. 
the process for actually because this thing is constantly moving you've got to, all the all these feed cables pipes all need to work their way through so you can see there's a roller here actually uh, extending and working its way through to allow it, every 200 meters they'll attach a new segment to, to of all the cables and things but but that has to kind of extend um, as the as the machine moves as the TBM the tunnel boring machine works its way through this is getting it's starting to become very much uh, an active machine now. So you can see here all the, the grout and the, the mastic that's being used as part of this. This is, this is a machine that needs to be lubricated, whether that's connection with itself or connection to the outside world, to the, to the shape around it. Well, we're just sitting behind, look, there's the surface of the tunnel. This is a tank of sodium silicate behind as well. Uh, that's part of, uh, part of the mix for the grout. Um, yeah, it senses getting dusty now that this is an act, an active construction site. Everything is covered in dust because you expect that dust to be coming through no matter how much the, you know, you, there always will be dust coming through no matter how uh, well maintained and clean the site is, you just can't avoid it. So these, these segments are seven tons each, two meters in sort of uh, longitudinally once they're in the tunnel. You can see the, the segments there behind um, being, being moved into place. You can see through here I'm going to be filming my B-roll on my way back through. We're actually about to cross over on our way and we're going to get a view behind. So. Some, some trains just hanging down. If you want authentic Bond villain set type situation, having you can see there's muck and all sorts. This is a busy, mucky construction site. I'm going to look behind me actually to give you an idea of what's going behind. The sort of scale of the machinery. It's very noisy. Making our way through. I'm ensuring I've got my handholds here. You hear the noise and the pump running. But again, you see this. This is a nice clean shiny tunnel service and actually they will jet wash this they'll come through and wash it once they've completed the grouting works go past the people actually doing the work here actually that's where the maintenance has been happening i presume that's where they're clearing this this blockage the slurry blockage that's been it's uh, caused work to sort of slow down so uh, you'll notice we're working up and down our way through this machine uh, there's herring connect look there they are herring connect So here we go, this is very exciting. Yeah, yeah. This world, we will have the pre-chamber and then the excavation chamber. All these motors are moving the cutter head. They are synchronized and they move at the same time. Uh, a main bearing that will move the cutter head. The main bearing is the most important part of the TBM. You know, if you break it, there is no spare part. That's it, yeah. And we don't have one inside. So they are synchronized. One of them is the brake. Because of course you have to change the direction of movement every advance. Ah, yeah, okay. So, so every advance or every half advance, the pilot will stop the machine and will start rotating the other direction to compensate that. See, that's a very we, good fact to know. Yeah, that was We used to talk on a helicopter. That's another thing we didn't have in all time a break because it takes like a couple of minutes to stop the inertia of the catching wheel. Yeah. But those three minutes in every advance, at the end of the day, it's one hour, so it's one ring. So at the end of the ring, it's a lot of money. So we have a break. This is the break. How I know it? It's a little bit longer, as you can see, than the rest of the engines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? So when we are working, you can see all of them working at the same time. We call this safe set. In case some of them have a malfunction or they have a problem, they disengage automatically from the baby very in order not to damage. Yeah. So they have this safe set that they automatically goes out. So that bearing is an absolutely key element. Uh, exactly. And irreplaceable. it's 10 meters diameter made for, tailor-made for this project or for every machine. And usually some companies, they make two, and they keep one in Germany, just, just in case. case. Yeah. But also, if you have to change it, you have to make uh, all excavation, go through yeah. the machine, and take it out. And 
Seattle in the United States, in Washington. Oh, the big dig. They have uh, a big problem, and uh, one company uh, destroyed the membrane. They have to make a big hole in the city center to take it out. And sometimes you don't have one, you have to manufacture one. Yeah. And it takes like six months. Or like you say all the, I all told the you before it was a uh, pumper from over there, but you can see it there. So we are working our way towards the the pressure chamber, the hypothetical pressure chamber. As Axel was, as, 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 as Axel was saying, there is a pressurized cutting face in order that you can keep the keep all the moisture and as uh, very carefully climb over this pipe here, all the moisture and earth and everything. Watch, uh, watch your feet there, Paul, um, and keep everything uh, away so it's not pouring in. You obviously, you keep the tunnel shape after the cutting head before the, the lining has been placed, before the segments are placed. And here is the chamber. After that door, me. you will have after that door you will have the, the cutter head, the two chambers and the cutter head. So there it is. This looks exactly like the one that's in uh, that's in Dol in uh, Timothy Dalton's last Bond film. You, you remember from that famous sequence? Pressure chamber. And behind that there, in fact, you can just about see it through there. Is the cutting face? That's where that's the business end. That's where it happens. And so if I turn around behind me here. You can see, because you can see just above it all, to the outside world, that's nearly 200 meters worth of tunnel boring machine. Dorothy, 2,000 tons worth of machine, cutting a mild tunnel underneath Long Itchington Wood. Fantastic. Oh, that's been, uh, oh, that's been interesting. I'm going to fill loads of uh, B-roll as we go through. But it's, it's just uh, it's, it, the scale is very difficult to, communi to communicate, and hopefully I'll give you a bit of a feel for that. It's Paul behind. Uh, hopefully, give you a bit of a feel for that um, as I uh, as I, as I plodded through. The scale is enormous. You can see behind here. You can see where that that sort of sealed that sealed metal wall there behind there is that cutting face. Absolutely spectacular. Let's just turn the ambient noise down a little. You can see back along Dorothy, that huge length. And these here, this is this is one of the uh, mechanisms that actually picks up the segments for, for each ring, picks up a segment and places it into the tunnel wall. Um, and then the and then the mechanism of the machine pushes back against each of those to, to push the thing forward, as I think I'm about to tell you. Behind me here, you can see those pressure, the pressure rams pushing against, so, so that the cutting head is that way, the tunnel that's already there is that way. Above us is the shield, and above that thin bit of metal is earth. <laughs> above that is the, the forest, the woodland. So you can see the whole machine pushes off this, off the ring, off the completed ring, in order that the, to actually push the cutting head forward. That's how it works. You push that. In fact, uh, again, there's that little bit. I think I put it in the previous video, showing that mechanism working in the museum. Well, here's the real thing, and you can get a feeling of that scale, the enormous scale of the thing, by the, the size of the, look at the size of these hydraulic rams. are just, they're enormous. Let's turn the volume down a little bit again. So, um, so yeah, we're moving kind of through the machine again, through the gubbins of the guts of the machine, uh, from the cutting face back towards where the, the rings are placed. You can see, get a feel for the scale of the machine here as I kind of queue up behind Paul. You can see the team here fixing that, that slurry flow issue. And yeah, the, the whole thing has somewhat of a submarine feel to it with all the different sort of pressurised systems making sure that it all works. Uh, look at the size of this 
pump. That's, that's a, it's a spectacular looking pump, that. Crikey. It looks like a de- kind of marine diesel turbo. Um, anyway, yeah, very very submarine, all the chains hanging down. It would make a fantastic bond, uh, bond layer, this. Um, yeah, there we are. More, more pumps, more machines. And actually, we're moving back into the, the area of the machine that actually places the, the rings. As you can see here with this sort of HS2 footage, thanks HS2, um, the footage here of the actual rings being placed, uh, sort of uh, sped up footage, they actually get picked up by that, that kind of machine. Uh, as you say, picked up by the tree, moved into place against the cut face of the of the wall. Actually, there's a tunnel shield between the earth and the and the, and the, the wall there to protect everyone. But then that shield is slid away. Those rings then take on the bearing pressure. You can see they're placed. They're, you can see that they're in place by such a machine. Uh, that machine already a kind of impressive bit of robotics, but being being kind of controlled by kind of by a, a manual operator there, or or rather someone with a with a very complicated looking remote control device. You can see this is still slightly sped up. It gives you an idea of the speed the machine actually moves uh, there as it's being placed in. Slightly sped up footage. Um, it goes in, uh, placed in. They're designed to sort of reasonably neatly lock into place other than the keystone, which which I, I would imagine requires a little more precision. But yeah, as the shield then is pulled away from these, the the bearing pressure is then pressed onto the rings rather than onto the steel uh, tunnel shield. Uh, anyway, right, let's continue through the machine uh, climb up some stairs and get up to the, kind of go up to the top level again and, and see what we can see as well here we can see Paul's feet but uh, after that we'll, we'll see what other bits and pieces we can see as we continue our adventure through the machine so we've actually gone up to the upper level actually further back from the cutting face again we're above that pump so it's quite loud here you can see teams in the various chambers these container vessels and, and up here actually this is this is very exciting this is a control center where they're driving the machine if you're worrying that it was a, a mundane way to drive this machine, and that, that, that piloting this machine was not very cool, or that it didn't have really kind of cool sort of Star Trek style blinking panels with switches and buttons and all sorts, I'm very pleased to tell you that, uh, incorrect. It is precisely as Star Trek and awesome as you'd hoped it would be. Look at these, look at these, look how awesome all these controls are. It's absolutely brilliant. So you've got controls for, uh, you've got the controls for the actual cutting wheel, start, stop, rotational speed. You've got the void measuring system that you can extend and retract, which I think is what this here is is for. Uh, you've got the, the controls for the artic shield articulation cylinder, thrust cylinder, so that's actually pushing the thing forwards. The, the screw conveyor for material, tail seal compound and then the motor start buttons and all the various things for running that motor it's exactly as awesome as you hope it would be and then there's just the, the array of, of screens uh, with all the information explaining um, the health of the machine the health of the cut the kind of what the progress is um, and just making sure everything is running exactly as you hope it would be um, this is a um, kind of owl and I've just spotted the coolest thing ever which is there's a panic button so all these screens the same ones in the office, but the difference is that we cannot control them. We can see, but the only one who can uh, control the machine is the pilot computer. So this is the um, this is the TVM pilot here talking us through the, the kind of the complex system of systems that makes up a, a tunnel boring machine. And the fact that you have this kind of really complex array of, of sensors to to ensure that you know given that this is a complex system of systems, you have to understand if something goes wrong, you need really it's very difficult to just go and troubleshoot the whole thing if you don't know where to go and look. So 
uh, the, the the pilot here talking us through um, kind of how that system works, how all the various sort of sensors feed back into this uh, into this interface to, to allow you to troubleshoot and identify what an issue is. And you can sort of see this the hierarchy tree here. It's, it's all quite sci-fi. I like this retro mixture of like you know Star Trek kind of knobs and dials and buttons and lights, a roughened laptop from the early two thousands to sort out of play with in primary school, uh, and then all the sort of kind of modern level engineering that's kind of going into actually keeping the TBM working. It's quite good. Um, anyway, uh, th- thanks to thanks to Axel and the, the, the TBM pilot who we got us through. We're going back outside into the noise, so get ready. Yes, back out in the noise, following uh, Axel here as we're kind of working our way back out of the of the tunnel, uh, kind of along the top of the TBM this time. Um, and the whole thing is kind of powered by uh, electricity and then hydraulic sort of systems powered by, and pneumatic systems powered by electricity. So here's some transformers, Axel pointing out some transformers, my bad camera work here, uh, pointing out various transformers. And we see as we get further away from the cutting phase, we're getting more and more of the, the kind of ancillary equipment, so you know, transformers. Um, uh, tanks of of grout, for example, as as, uh, as we're, we're going to see in a second. But lots of transformers for all the various things: you know, lighting, powered systems, pneumatic systems. Uh, as I was saying a second ago, here's a here's a grout tank. Uh, if we have a look in, shove the camera in, you can see the the stirs there to keep the the grout tanks uh, sort of get the grout from turning into concrete. Case of an emergency, we get in there. We have water, power supply, food. Toilets and oxygen for 24 hours for 24 people. So stuff of nightmares. Uh, if there was a collapse, some issue, particularly the uh, on the kind of the portal side, this chamber, this chamber in here, the axle is, um, the axle is just showing here. I'm just going to quickly flip by. This chamber here is the subject. You're in there. You're, you're theoretically safe for 24 hours. There's enough rations and oxygen in there for you for 24 hours. Um, uh, where you can look out this little hole and watch the whole tunnel collapse around you and then someone will dig you out, hopefully within 24 hours. Uh, <laughs> but no, that's, uh, that's obviously an absolute critical. It's more presumably for if there's some, some issue like fire perhaps or something like that. Uh, the, the, the most critical thing in our channel is we have one of the vehicles have fire in the middle of the channel. Uh, the only way out is through the, through yeah. the tunnel. There is no way out until we finish the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we have a smoke, also uh, you'll have a problem because this will last for yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing that we used to do is go in here, wait the, the fire to get down, and the rest of the people to be in. Yeah. And we have a CO2 converter on the side, some water, food, even a toilet. We were talking about Apollo 13 and uh, CO2 converters earlier. Well, there literally is one inside this safety chamber, so there you go. And here we are, following um, following Paul and, uh, and Axel out of the of the TBM. Now, you can see the less, less ancillary uh, equipment, uh, those... I don't know what they're talking about. Pneumatic, fill, fill, I don't, I don't know. They look interesting though. Anyway, um, yeah, there we are. There's, there's one of the big drums with, with huge, hefty cables on it. Um, so this, this, uh, or is it, was it pipe? Was that pneumatic pipe? Anyway, uh, the, 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 as with any linear, linear infrastructure, the most efficient way to deliver it is, is with a, a, a kind of a factory system, and, and that's very much what the TBM is. Uh, fire exit, keep clear. Um, there we are. There's a, there's a loo by the look of it. Uh-huh. So what is that? Uh, Envirolav. That's going to read. Yep, there it is. Do not use full of... I don't. I didn't see what that said, thankfully. Anyway, pipes. So yeah, the thing with the moving factories, you need to be able to, as Axel was describing, extend it, extend the pipes, extend the cables and so on. So that's what's going on at this end. And you can see now less ancillary equipment. That's definitely the fire suppression system there, though. Less ancillary equipment and more kind of heavy lifting for kind of bringing some of that kit in and out. You can see some cranes there. Um, this kind of big, big moving factory uh, kind of very much everything's much quieter and more calm now and 
as I kind of plod along, I think uh, you can see the scale. It gives gives a chance without my face in the way. You can really get get a feel for the scale of these tunnels. They look absolutely enormous. And you can see there the steel guideway um, that, that actually aligned, made sure the TBM was kind of correctly aligned on the approach uh, into the tunnel. But there we have it. That's 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 it. That's I, I mean, what a tour! Look look back at the. Uh, we're about to have a look back at the TBM. That was a tour of the TBM. Pretty spectacular, I think. So, uh, there's another thing I want to show you while we're back outside again. Uh, this is the other portal, or will it be eventually? Now, while they're doing, they're just using one tunnel boring machine here. Actually, they're going to use this machine, uh, I think, three times, possibly. Um, so, Dorothy's going through this way. We'll reach the other side. We'll be dismantled and brought back here, so you don't have to build two staging posts, so you're minimising the carbon there. Bring all the pieces back here, reassemble, and then do the same thing again in the same direction. So it's almost like this first port, this first bore is a bit of a rehearsal of the second bore because they're going to encounter pretty much the same geological sort of formations and muck in the same in the same timings of just about as they go through again. You know, same strata of, uh, of geology as they work their way through. So, um, so that's what's we have. They'll be rebuilding it here. So you see the staging, uh, all the staging kind of position here. You can see the concrete staging platform that they'll rebuild Dorothy on before they go back through again. And, and uh, next to us here as we walk out is that is, is some of that platform that they'll repurpose. There's the steel part of it. Um, uh, we're going to hop up now and have a look at some of the... There we are, like the line. Some, some, some nice little signs that you can sort of pause and read um, describing. Uh, they're up at the kind of the interpretation element uh, that, that gives the view out over that. I'm going to do my outro from in a minute. But, you know, just describing some of the features, uh, including a, another very nice um, information board describing the main elements of the TBM. So you can go right, right from cut ahead and the main drive all the way back to, to sort of the ancillary kit at the end um, and the emergency exit area and of course they need the tunnel segments to feed it and the slurry treatment plant to deal with the, the stuff coming out of the, the muck and all of that fits into this site, there's a little drawing of the site so there's the staging area for the for the, the actual uh, access to the TBM the tunnel entrance and we've been plodding around, there's sort of the, there's the slurry treatment plant uh, the area where all the tunnel segments are and then all the kind of ancillary borrow pits and bits and pieces from around there as well they, they, they'll all get landscaped and will, dis will genuinely have disappeared um, uh, you know, only a few years after they finish the physical work it'll be quite impressive so we've just had that that fantastic uh, inspection or, or kind of journey down you can see the nine there are nine rings there that are kind of external that get broken out when they then build the, the the sort of portal the portal runs out along here heading northwards towards brum and you can actually see the alignment hs2 alignment continues up cutting through the hill uh, round the side and then off off ski um, the, the six foot the, the distance the interval between the tracks widens uh, here to go through the to, to manage to fit through the two bores and you can see the head wall behind there's the head wall with all the soil nails uh, poking through um, you can actually see the the, the the setup on that side this side is where they will have having dismantled that Dorothy they'll bring Dorothy back over the hill uh, in and reassemble Dorothy here um, to do the same thing to repeat the process again to get the two bores here at Long Itchington. So, here in July of 2022, so a few months after I did this video, you can see there's some, some civil engineering gore there of the slop kind of pouring out, and uh, and indeed the rebar of the of the cutting head of Dorothy breaking through, breaking through um, into the pre-prepared sort of um, a kind of arrival area, if you like, the portal at the other end. Actually, there's going to be a bit of green tunnel, so they're going to extend the board tunnel with some kind of cut and cover green tunnel um, at this end, the northern end of, of Long Itchington Wood. And you can see there... Uh, 
spectacular moment as the concrete splashes through and uh, and uh, Dorothy cuts through a, a rise in, in I think it was July um, of last year so pretty impressive stuff and then so uh, so they have to obviously clean that cutting head um, so they brought the cutting head out they they brought the cutting head out Ooh, a bit dizzy this cutting head was brought out cleaned and put on the back of a lorry to be taken over the hill the rest of it um, while we see the team very pleased here of, of kind of breaking through the rest of it um, is actually brought back in reverse you can see here being reversed back out that'll then be craned over onto the kind of the the steel staging point you can see they're assembling the a, a new sh shield cutting it they, they just lifted the cutting head in for off the lorry uh, there it is there's the cutting head having just been lorried back over to this end kind of assemble that in attach it connect it up then bring all the, the kind of the tbm kit will be brought back onto a new kind of steel staging point on the other side actually they might fabricate a new one not not anyway you can see they've, they've attached it and then they they press on the head and, and as a result that tunnel pushes its way back through, and you can see Long Itchington Wood there in the background. We're back at the North Portal here. There'll be the green tunnel here when the board machine appears out. But there we go. All to protect Long Itchington Wood here, the, the nice bit of woodland that is annoyingly privately owned and should actually be publicly assess accessible if it's, a, if it's an ancient woodland. But anyway, that's, a, that's another discussion for another time, I think. So that is, that's the process. Um, and that's us up here. And, and, and I... I don't think I'm going to add very much. This might be quite a short one. I don't know. When by the time I pull it together, we'll find out. So it only really remains to me to sort of, to sort of say um, to all the audio-only uh, listeners. They are. I'm just going to get lined up. Yeah, to all the audio-only listeners. Thanks for listening. Yes, you can listen to Rail Matter on all good podcast podcasting platforms. Um, uh, Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/GarethDennis to 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 support this to make more of it happen. Uh, to make me feel less, not feel guilty about uh, taking half days or days off work like I have today to come and film. And then the the, the Discord server and PayPal. Yeah, so paypal.me slash Gareth Dennis if you want to chuck pennies and abuse at me. And uh, and the, the the Discord is where the chat that's been happening, hello everyone in the chat, all the chat has been happening uh, in there that, that that continues in the Discord server, garethdennis.co.uk slash Discord. Oh, and, uh, and yes, uh, next episode is An Odyssey of Historical Curiosity with Bob Gwynn from the National Rail Museum. That should be an interesting one for us to watch. Um, episode 154. Enjoy. So there we are, having having done the, having had a walk through, having done a video of some kind. All I'm going to say is, um, it's, it's just with Dorothy, kind of the back end of Dorothy behind me is, uh, is cheerio, everyone, cheerio. I'm coming, I just need to finish this, and then I'll be with you in a sec. That's for the thumbnail. This episode was brought to you by the British Rail Class 153. Do you want a train that typifies the misery of Britain in the early 90s? Then look no further than the British Rail Class 153. Unfit for human habitation? Don't worry. Stick a vinyl on it. Shove your muddy bikes in there. No bother. The British Rail Class 153. You can't go wrong. British Rail Class 153 not for sale. Can definitely go wrong. Terms and conditions apply.